hello everyone this is perspectives uh we've been away for a little while i'm martina i'm lisette yes and as you may see we have a special guest which i will get to in just a bit uh but yes as i mentioned uh this is perspectives and lisette and i have not been on video for a while which we realized like a little while ago and we're like it was kind of weird because we've been doing podcasts for everyone that's hopefully been listening, uh, we uh, recently just wrapped up our white supremacy in the workplace part three that we will work to get edited and uploaded real soon so you guys can listen into that. Um, but if you have been listening, I have mentioned that we have a little surprise coming that Lisette and I have been really trying to work through and think through a series. Um, and as we mentioned, we have our first guest here, and her name is Grace. We'll do a little, do a little wave, Grace, for the for the people. She's <laughs> she's so great. And you're wondering why is Grace here? Um, so Lisette and I, we have been doing perspectives. Oh gosh, over a year now, and it's yeah. really just right. It's been it's been just the two of us, and. Um, you know, not that you don't love our lovely faces, but we've really been trying to think about how can we expand the series and want to start having guests on. And we wanted to focus on really a women of color series that looks at proximity to whiteness. And so uh, Grace just so happens to be our very first guest. So it will go down in history when we're on like NPR one day, who knows? Yes. Um, uh, yes, as being the very first guest. And so we are looking to speak to women of color just a, just a part of, uh, across the spectrum of Asian American, Middle Eastern, Latino, African American, Native American, and so forth. There's a wide variety of us. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to kick off that today. And I'll turn it over to Lisette to kind of give you a rundown of what this series is going to entail. Yeah, so as Martina mentioned, uh, we, we are going to be focusing on women of color and the proximity to whiteness uh, and, and kind of digging into it and with the understanding that it can mean a different thing to every single person. Uh, so we want to explore that. We want to explore what it means and what that experience of people are, but also, you know, hear from, from women uh, about what their experience just being a woman of color and, and growing up and, you know, and living in this society, growing up in this society. Um, Grace has a few perspectives. I'm super excited to kind of bring her into this. And I think it, it'll really kind of challenge our idea of what proximity to whiteness is and, and what that means to, to individuals and how can we do that. But I think it, I think at the end of, of it all, we really hope that we can uplift uh, all of our voices uh, uplift what you know our, our ideas are and, and uplift what we've been through and, and you know and who knows maybe through this series you know we'll, we'll find some answers of ways that we can continue working together and and bringing about change and I think that that is something that if you all have been following us for a while listening and we have talked about how can we continue to figure out how to unite particularly people of color more because uh, there are a lot more similarities and there are differences. Uh, so I think this is one one way that we hope to contribute to that uh, that uh, that notion and that 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 mission that we kind of have come in with this channel. Uh, but you know, I think we're I think we're ready to get started. I think, Martina, I think we're, we're good to go, right? Grace, are you ready to kind of dig in with us uh, as to what what we're we're doing? 
Um, but just to kind of level set uh, a little bit with our, our audience and those that are, are listening, because this will also be in the podcast as well. Um, you know, proximity to whiteness. I think I'll, we'll start off with, with myself kind of talking what it means to me, then I'll probably kick it off to Martina. And I think Grace will kind of let you get started and sharing a little bit uh, about you. But I think proximity to whiteness, as I kind of have seen it, um, and as you all know, uh, being a, a daughter of immigrants, uh, there's a few things that it kind of means to me. Uh, it really has always come as far as living here in the United States, uh, you know, assimilating to this American culture. Uh, what it meant to my parents to assimilate is sort of what I kind of did. Uh, a lot of it was making sure that I spoke English well, uh, no accent and then understanding that. And I was always praised because teachers would always be like, oh, she speaks English so well. And my parents were like, yes, we're doing our, our due diligence in that. Um, and, you know, and, and, and sort of, and that's always been, right? Like, I think it, it's always been something that uh, a lot of children immigrants probably hear a lot of like, hey, you know, how can we make sure that you assimilate into what it, it is now? And I've had friends who, no longer didn't learn Spanish because of that notion. But also the idea that white is better, right? That that white is it's prettier, it's cleaner, you know, you know, you're you're, you're if you are a person of color, you might seem dirty, you might come across as less than. Uh, you know, white for some reason me, means richness. Uh, yet our earth is brown and it's what all of our crops and fruit and everything kind of grows from. So it's always been something that's been an image in my head. Uh, that's just a little bit of what to me and sort of what I've seen proximity to whiteness. But, you know, Martina, like off to you uh, as we kind of kick this conversation off. Yeah, well, thanks. I think what you really touched on is that white is better. Like white is right. You know, that is always... You know, I think being a, a black person, being a black woman, um, I will say people don't so much say that so much nowadays, but it's the way they behave and the way that they treat you. Uh, you know, as I've mentioned here on, on our podcast video, you know, I'm born and raised in Mississippi. Most of my family is still between Mississippi and Louisiana. So growing up, you know, I did hear things about, you know, I was, you know, the darker one. Um, I'm not the only dark person in my family. My father is also dark skinned as well. My mother was a little bit fair skinned, um, but it is the things of hearing about, you know, you need to get out of the sun or you've been in the sun all day. I can tell you, you know, you've gotten darker today. Um, the good hair versus bad hair, which is a, an argument or a thing. I want to say argument. It's just a debate that I don't think we're hearing so much nowadays, but again, it's also how people treat you and things like that. So it's like, I think, you know, we're kind of getting into maybe a way where people don't so much say things so blatantly. It's the way they treat you. But growing up, yes, having this grade of hair, that grade of hair, oh, you must be mixed with something. Like there's something wrong with just being black. Like, oh, you must be Creole or you must be Native American, which is wonderful, wonderful other ethnicities. And then no, and no disrespect, I actually do have Native American in my family. Um, but, you know, that was always the thing assumed. Like, you can't just be Black if you have, quote unquote, nice hair. And I think the way that, um, kind of fast forward a little bit, again, Lisa and I have talked about the code switching in our professional lives, even sometimes with friends that we may not be so comfortable with, we, we switch 
and it, it, it becomes like, you don't even think about it. I mean, I don't even think about it most days. Like, it's just something you automatically, like, like you said, Lisa, you talk more proper or, you know, you enunciate things uh, clearer. But it is all these ways that I have seen just very kind of blatant, like, to speak correctly, to be educated is something that especially education like I'm getting heated that we didn't even start yet but especially I think things like education is like it's it's really the more educated you are often sometimes is that you're considered the more better you are or the more closer to whiteness you are and it's, it's just all these sort of things that again as I say that you don't so at least for me I don't so much hear it nowadays but I do see certain things nowadays and you know we have talked about microaggressions as well but for me that's where that proximity to whiteness really kind of you know rocks the boat is really the way someone is treating you especially I think for me being out of the south and having to come north and you know one thing that people will ask me is like you know how you know how is it being in Chicago after being raised in the south you know like oh, you went past the Mason-Dixon line. And I'm like, you know what? In the South, we definitely, we have our ways. But in the South, you, you know who's racist and who's not racist. They do not mind down there telling you like it is. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's right because it's not right. But up here in Chicago, I will say I have experience where, again, it's how someone treats you. And, you know, they think just because they've done this or done that, you know, I've been to a protest. I voted for this person. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm liberal. Um, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's those sort of things that they may not be who they say they are. And those are the things here in Chicago for me is like, you know, it has me has a heightened sense of like, I sometimes I never know if someone is really who they say they are. And I know that was very long-winded. So we're gonna turn it to our special guest, <laughs> Grace, to uh, kick us off. And uh, Grace, you know, if you could just kind of open up and just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, um, and we'll go from there. All right, yeah, we're gonna circle back, but I guess starting, starting with me, um, yeah. I was born in the San Francisco Bay Area. So I was born in East Bay. Um, and, you know, I grew up, uh, I grew up in Fremont, California. I was one of three Asian families living in my area at the time. Um, and, and we all got kind of clumped together, but it was one, uh, Chinese family, um, my family and we're mixed. My father is Taiwanese. My mother is Malay Chinese, um, and one Vietnamese family. Um, in any case, this is how I got through elementary school, um, you know, in, in suburbia America before being uprooted and moved out to, to Asia. I went to middle school in Taiwan and then high school in Singapore. Um, and, you know, in those, it, it's, it was such a shift going from living in the US where I was made fun of for being, you know, Asian and having fried rice in my lunchbox and whatnot, um, th these types of things, um, going to Chinese school on Saturdays, um, because despite any, any assimilation, which, you know, my parents certainly 
came to the U.S. with the thought of, you know, raising raising us as as independent American women, um, but wanting to retain some amount of my Chinese background and my my cultural heritage. So, doing that to coming going to Taiwan, where as I'm speaking, as I'm moving around, it is very clear that I am not Taiwanese. I'm not traditional.、Um, I'm not one of them, but I'm also certainly not seen as American、um, amongst my American peers because I was going to an American school.、Um, mm. I wasn't. My Mandarin wasn't good enough for me to be in a, a Chinese school system,、um, but I was certainly not American-looking. Whatever that meant, which you know is is that that whiteness that that we're talking about here,、um, and and similarly in Singapore, where I got a whole lot of, you know, just ridiculously racist things and sexist things said to me、um, from, wow, you you have you speak such good English,、um, you know, you have such nice teeth, and all these things where it's like. What are we even talking about here? And so that has always made me like really step back from any of these things that might make you cling to some identity and whatnot. And I've really, really had to like see all of these little nuances and hold different perspectives. And as I move through all of these spaces,、um, and to be really indignant in these places and be like, I cannot wait to go back to the U.S. Where you know I will feel American and amongst you know、mm. my people, and then I come back to the U.S. <laughs> I go to New York City. This is post September 11th, and things are turning upside down. And you know, from from the politics to realizing, you know what, I'm actually not that. American, and I don't know what an American identity even means at this point. I know that I'm not white, and I've never been able to.、Uh, there, there's no such, you know, not passing, and you know, maybe the proximity to whiteness is so ingrained that like I don't even see it in a reflection.、Um, mm. But but you know, moving moving through. Moving through all of that, all I've been able to do is sort of see how, find a way to navigate all of that. Maybe in that invisible Asian place, but like, also just all I can be is myself, and that is all I can bring to the table.、Um, and so that's that's sort of how I got ultimately to here in Chicago, where I will say. I was surprised when I first came to Chicago. I love this city, and I would say that this is the first place that I have felt at home,、mm. and I feel a connection to this this place and this space and the energy that's here. But I'm also very surprised that it is as segregated and as 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 it is. And I think this speaks to what you're talking about, Martina, in terms of like the, you know, what what it is blatantly in the South,、um, and the knowing knowing who is and who isn't, versus everybody's proximity to whiteness here.
mm-hmm. um, and and what that what that what that really is like. There's so much. There's so much wonderful things, and then there's so much that's underneath it all. And I feel like that's what you guys are trying to unpack in like a really wonderful and joyous way. So I'm sorry that I like bring it down really seriously, no, and we'll get no, back to no, it. No, <laughs> no. Don't worry about it. You know, Not bringing it but down. like, yeah, no, no, but it's it's it, it's just one of those things where it was shocking to me that you know to to be in a place that is so diverse and has so much so many people so many cultures and and there are you go to different neighborhoods and different places and there are these pockets of like intense vibrancy and and like cultural pride and these things but they're very segmented they're very in their own spaces. And there are these very distinct barriers and boundaries and nuances within, within where neighborhoods or place, places are, all, all of this. And, and I see how that was because of the systemic issues that were here, um, as well as all of these other things you know, that, that I'm still learning about. Um, in any case, to circle that all back around. Now I'm all turned around. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, no, no. I, but, I, yeah. You, you brought up so many things. Every time I'm like, oh my God, my brain is kind of taking everything <laughs> in. But there was a question that kind of kept uh, coming in the, foref- in the forefront of my mind to you. When you moved, uh, to go to the middle middle school and um and in high school, did you feel that you would it'd be easy for you to fit in? Did you feel like you wouldn't maybe face so much uh sort of backlash or sort of like you're not you know aged enough, you're not this enough? You, did you feel that that ever come across your mind of like oh it's gonna be easy? Like I I I you know, I, I am who I am. It's not like, you know, it's part of who I am. Cause that's something that I, I now I won't go, I'll give you my sort of struggle with that, but I just wanted to think that that ever crossed your mind or how did that even make you feel when you started receiving that sort of negative sort of even, even like racist kind of comments coming your way at such a young age too. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I was on the receiving end of that in, in the U S from, you know, my white peers, um, in, in school and whatnot, it was a different thing going out to Asia and for the first time realizing like, oh, I'm actually, I already felt othered by, by the whiteness, but then to feel it from the Taiwanese and, and the people who kind of look like me, but then seeing what they mean when they say I'm not one of them either. And so, you know, realizing that I live in this like this space where I'm not either of them so I maybe that's maybe that's the blessing and maybe it's this thing that just sort of pulled me and detached me from both an American identity and a Taiwanese identity and so I just had to be okay with being me individually and that is pretty freeing maybe and maybe that's my privilege and my whatever that is that my coping <laughs> my coping with the world that is yeah um, no I think um I know I've shared before 
you know, not being Mexican enough. And even, even sometimes like going back to Mexico and even your own family kind of othering you, you know, in, in, in a very, uh, not in a, in a very blatant way, like, you know, you, you know, or kind of putting you on a sort of as a, as a, as a show of like, we'll say something in English, like, you know, and I'm like, mm. why, I'm not, like, what am I? Like, I'm not in a zoo, like, you just can't put me there with your friends. And so it's, so you, as you were talking, just made me remember like, oh my gosh, you know, people have this idea of who they want you to be or who they think you are, you know, and, and it, because you don't fit, we, we talk about this, Martina, like we don't fit this box that they have created and you, they can't do, they always, then they just push you into whatever kind of zone that they think you're, you're going to fit or try to make you feel. So you, you just kind of reminded me of that. And, and I was like, it, it's such a, it's such a way that you have to live in between these two worlds. And it's always interesting when they kind of clash and you're like, you know what? <laughs> whatever, it's me, it's who I am. I, I know that I am Mexican enough for myself. I know I, whatever American means to whatever, like I know what it means to me and I'm just gonna have to just walk that. But it is a, a it can be sometimes a little like exhausting to kind of live in between those two. And you're just like, can't we be both at the same time and not have to like be one thing more than the other at certain times, so. Yeah, it's it's exhausting. So I know. Thank you for that. I I was gonna say thank you for that. I mean, me, I personally can't can't identify in that sense, but I love when you was like, I'm just me. I'm just Grace. That's, all, that's you know, that's all I know how to be. And I, I really, I really like when you said that because it it is true. People do want to put you in this box, and it's not just white people, but it's it's it it's it can be anybody and everybody just want to put you into this box. And I, you know, I, I will say again uh, before we transition is like when you talked about having moved here to Chicago, um, and like the segregation. Oh my goodness, that is one thing that I I was so excited to move here to Chicago, and I moved here had never visited. I never visited Chicago. My dad lived here for almost 15 years, almost almost 20 years. Um, and even though he uh, he was born and raised in Mississippi, he was he was in the Navy, uh, but he lived here for a time. And so that's really kind of all I had. I had his stories growing up and I had a few professors that I went to school with when I was looking at grad schools uh, who had taught here at some universities uh, in Chicago, but that's it. I didn't really have I did not do my research like I should have. And I was just like, I want to move out of the South. And so I was so excited. I mean, I still love Chicago. I'm still here. But that is something that was so blatant to me uh, when I came here is, you know, this is the third largest city in the United States. Like you said, Grace, there are people from all over the world, so many cultures and different experiences people have, but everybody's in their own little bubble. Like they, you know, it and me that's not really how I am you know I you know again having come from the south I know how it could be to have that experience I was like man I'm gonna come here in Chicago and see all these places and do all these sort of things but again I would get looks when I would go into certain neighborhoods because they're like okay yeah okay yeah, you're here and so it, it is something that I I recognize like right out the bat and that was just happened to be in grad school I think this is probably like within the first month or so. Uh, but now having been here, 
I don't, I don't know if it's gotten any better, but I will say by having this outlet to talk about these sort of things, it helps me to kind of understand why people are in their little bubbles. And again, it doesn't necessarily make it right, but I've been able to learn more as I've lived here, but it's still sometimes is a matter of where do I fit in sometimes because I, I, you know, I may go to one community and because I'm, you know, I'm not from Chicago or again, I look a certain way, they'd be like, oh, why are you here? And this could be within African-American communities or I can go to another community and they, and I could fit right in. So it's, it's so interesting. Uh, this, yes, Chicago as a whole is just, it's a very interesting city to say the least. But um, Grace, I didn't know if you wanted to kind of tap into some other uh, background information and like, you know, talking about your international experience there before we kind of transition um, on. I would like to, but I'd like to stay on this for just one sure. second because um, talking about all of this and moving around different neighborhoods and finding, you know, and like stepping out of our boxes or, or like refusing to be boxed, it is in that unboxing and the braving of that, I think that we can all, we all realize that like, it, it is an uncomfortable space to be in, but it, and that's why people stay within those lines, right? That's why, that's why we have them. And it's in, it's in the vulnerability that I think all of us, you know, being here are sharing and exposing ourselves to in order to step out of that, to really connect and, and see that we all, we all have these, these pieces that, um, what am I trying to say? Help me out a little. Um, like, like pieces, the pieces that connect us or? Yeah, like that definitely, that, that, that like in my experience, in your experience, and they're completely different experiences. Um, and yet there are these strands and it's, it's, it's universal right? It, it becomes this universal thing that we need to just continue to like brave and step into or out of, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. And that's, I think, what this, what this is for. And that's what you're asking us to do is to, to connect out. Yes. And I, I got it now what you said. <laughs> or what, or what I took from that is that I, I like what you said, right after I finished speaking, I, I spoke, you were saying, that's why people have not left out their bubble because they are uncomfortable. They might be, you know, that's such, you know, and I might have thought, I might have thought of that, but that, you know, that had not crossed my mind. That's so true because people are, are comfortable, you know, and we have, Chicago is a city of neighborhoods, as we've said on here again, it's so many different neighborhoods of, you know, and there are certain ethnicities that live in those neighborhoods. And oftentimes it's only kind of, one singular ethnicity uh, that lives in these neighborhoods. Uh, but that's so true. Like people are uncomfortable. And, you know, the city has, you know, I, I, I think at one point I read somewhere that Chicago was uh, a success story of that a city can be segregated, if that makes any sense at all. Um, but in a way, it's, it does have some truth to it because as segregated as the city are, is, is I don't think you really know that unless you really live here. I mean, you can read about it and you can, you know, watch videos about it like this, but 
I think until you're really here and you're living it, you don't really know how segregated the city can be. And even if, you know, there are some common places such as what maybe downtown that, you know, it's not really, you know, I, I would say is, but the, even then it's more, it's a lot of white people downtown, but it's like one of those areas that not necessarily like South side or West side or North side or Rogers Park there, we know there are certain groups of blacks or Latinos or Polish that live in certain neighborhoods uh, that, yeah, we don't really venture out to. You know, I'll turn it over to Lisette because I could, I, I could keep going and I'm, yeah, we have to move on and move on, yes. No, I, I definitely, you know, when they talk about the box and you know, like you have to think that some people are comfortable in their box. Yeah, they are. Right, and and, and I think uh, when you talked about the segregation of, of Chicago, um, you know, I was born and raised here, and it wasn't until I went to college that I kind of really realized how segregated the city is. Like, I think I always knew at sort of like a very like subconscious level of it, because I always knew even in my own community, like where that boundary was, that invisible boundary line between the Latinos and the Black. And you're like, if you go over that one street, like you're in black territory and that's not where you want to be or that's, you know, and vice versa, right? And I think, uh, so I always knew it that, but kind of seeing it and, and sort of realizing, you know, when you have, you know, you have Chinatown, you have Little Village, you have the west side of the city, which is very, you know, Austin Garfield Park and all those like, that's predominantly black and the south. And if people say south side, people think black communities, it's all black that's all they think about like and i'm like it is sounds it's like it's not but like okay but that's sort of the notion right and it's that's, like yeah it's the notion but it's the notion and i think it's it's a story that's you know perpetuated a lot and because it's such a a, a thing that's been perpetuated it's sort of become the truth like you know you know it's like if you're if you like Westside wants to stay black because it's like it's been traditionally black. So why would we want to change it? Why would we want to change that? And 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 it does cause issues. And and I thought I know out here on the South Side, when Latino families were moving into you know what was typically predominantly black neighborhoods, there was a lot of like clashing there because they're like, why are y'all coming in to our community? Like this is for, this is really for for black families and. And, and it's sort of this perpetual notion that you kind of see, but because we're so comfortable in what we know and what we feel good about and what we sort of are, have always known our lives, why would we want to kind of shake that box up? Why would we want to sort of do something? And it's, it's been there, but it's, but when you, but it's realizing that like, no, it's been designed to be that way you know, and because it's been designed to be that way, we can't have the resources that we want. We can't have things, you know, and people are like, we want to improve our community, but things that we want to keep traditionally stop us maybe from being able to bring in what we want to have in our communities that will make it nicer because we think that, oh, well, now you want to be like the people from Lincoln Park. You just want to come in and, and do that. It's like, no, we just want to beautify our community, like that notion, but it's, it's sort of, so when you talked about sort of that, you know, being comfortable in our, in sort of our spaces and our boxes and not really understanding that, 
like right now what i'm saying that's all things that i'm just thinking about that you've kind of grace have prompted in my head of like wow like i'm just seeing it from a very different different light and, and just sharing it out here so uh don't 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 yell at me in the comments for <laughs> saying stuff that's just coming out of my head that i realized no yelling in the comments no yelling <laughs> But but yeah no so thank you Greeks for kind of getting getting us to think a little uh, deeper as to particularly when you think about that and how it it really impacts uh, people of color and you know I know when you said when you moved here and seeing how segregated it is um, you know how has that sort of impacted how you navigate the city like does it make you kind of stay just in certain areas of the city or have you sort of said like now I'm gonna venture out uh into into the city she's look like no I'm um, taking chances <laughs> oh yeah and no, I mean I I you want me to share that here or are we gonna save that <laughs> do do we need to move to, to part oh, no. two for this no no um, let's just let's go ahead let's go ahead we, let's get okay. into, when we're on it let's stay on the topic Okay, well, I, I came here and when I saw that, I was like, there's something, there's something I need to see for myself. Mm -hmm. And so I actually started getting on my bike and I started biking a lot of these neighborhoods wow. and crossing a lot of these boundaries because, I mean, I drove a little bit because, because it's so big and I had to orient myself. So, you know, I would go, I would go down out through Humboldt, go out towards, go out west towards Humboldt, go down, uh, sorry, towards Austin, down like through North Lawndale, down through Bronzeville, all like, I started driving all over, but then I started getting lost on my bike. Mm -hmm. And it was being on bike and sort of being in open air and not in an enclosed vehicle, that there were times where I would like feel a shift in, in how it even feels moving from space to space right yeah. just crossing a block or whatever it is and 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 you know and there wouldn't even have to be any people or anything and you yeah. can feel that it's very and <laughs> and and wanting to you know understand a little bit more and in any case you know that that has led me to to meet a lot of the people that I am now you know friends with and and the people that that I I work with mm -hmm. and the projects that I work on and you know the the projects that I support in the neighborhoods that that I I move around in um and all of that to just say that it has caused me to be even more curious and even more adamant about crossing crossing where I can and bridging what I can and showing others that it is very much possible and not just possible necessary in order to kind of break down those boxes you know and and really really do that and so I would say that that's kind of the space that I'm in and maybe that's you know um I, I because I I come with with the experience that I have and am not tied to anything in a particular way, I kind of will just, you know, call it bulldoze, but really happily flow wherever and try to encourage others to do the same, um, to see for themselves and to experience for themselves and to share 
themselves. And it is within that, that we can like really see all of, all of, all of our different perspectives and, and get like a collectiveness. So I don't know. I don't know if that helps. <laughs> no, it, it, that does help. And it just makes me think about where you think it is to have this collectiveness and for all of us to come together. That's one thing I'm, you know, I'm, I always kind of talk about, I'm like, you know, if we have like all of us, like the Latinos and the Blacks and the Asians and all of us just kind of come together because as, as, as we keep saying, we're saying it on here, there are just so many similarities and we're like, you know, as we're saying that where you, I think, I think you and Lissette both said kind of like that um, distinctiveness, like when you're going from like, you can go from one street to the next mm-hmm. and it's completely different you know where you're going from South Lawndale to North Lawndale. It's, it's different. You can tell that right away. And, you know, even just kind of maybe just in the air, like how things feel. Um, but it's just always, to me, I always talk about if all the minorities, if we all could just sit down and kind of do this, listen to each other and just hear each other's stories, each other's lived experiences, maybe even things that we don't necessarily like about each other, but that's okay. We gotta be able to talk about, because if we can't talk about these things, you know, how are we ever gonna come together? And, you know, that's obviously, you know, brings us back to Chicago, which is still this, it is this segregatedness, if I can say, where to me, I see that as the white man and white supremacy benefiting off of that because if we are still constantly going back and forth with each other, even within our own races, they're like, they're never gonna get it together. They're never gonna get it together. So why are we worried about taking them out of this box if they can't even get along with, like, first of all, they can't get along with themselves, then they can't get along with each other. So, and it's like, it works to white supremacist benefit that we continue to be separate and that we don't want to let our guard down and be vulnerable with each other to learn from each other um and just to help each other um that's all that's all i can i'll say on that thank you yeah so i think this is a good time to kind of uh take a, a moment to wrap up this first part of our conversation with grace it's not um, we're not ending our conversation uh, but, you know, thank you, Grace, for kind of uh, sharing what you shared and kind of getting even us to think even different uh, and, and dig a little deeper. But I think we're definitely, I think there's a lot more to explore uh, on sort of the proximity to whiteness, the white supremacy, and, and, and even our neighborhoods. And then, you know, your experience, Grace, as you kind of said, no, I'm going to dive in and cross these imaginary boundaries uh, and, and kind of stay there a little bit when we come back at our at part two but you know so thank you for for watching uh thank you for listening uh keep an eye out uh for the next part uh and you know follow us on our social media channels share with those that you i think would benefit from listening or would be interested in listening we appreciate that Uh, and again we do have a podcast so we'll make sure we leave the the links in our description box below here so you can kind of get to listen to us on the road if if you if you like uh so uh keep an eye out and we will see you soon see you on a bit